You're listening to the Late Registration Podcast, a podcast that inspires teachers, administrators, and parents to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards creating more accessible and equitable educational spaces. Your hosts, Ashley and Michelle, are educators, moms, and SEL fanatics, and we are obsessed with empowering the next generation of leaders. Join us as we change the narrative on misbehavior and discuss all things education, including building connections, restorative practices, behavior, and social-emotional learning. Are you ready? Let's go! Hello, and welcome to the Late Registration Podcast. I'm Ashley. And this is Michelle. And we're here today kind of taking a revisit down memory lane um, from our first episode, which was on teacher bullies and cupcakes. Um, Unfortunately, uh, we've got some more teacher principal bullies. Michelle, you want to tell us what we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, so I came across a, um, I think it was originally a TikTok on Instagram from Holly Robinson-Pete, who is a huge autism advocate. And it was a vice principal that was shoving a student. And, you know, you hear that and you're like, oh, well, you know, did they bump into each other? Did they? But no, it's like a straight up, like, bar fight type of show. Yeah, this is like, we're getting ready to go at it. This principal probably has, I think it looks like this is maybe like a late elementary or junior high student. Um, But, I mean, the assistant principal at the time who is white has probably a good foot in height on this child and probably a good hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, the kid is, he's a small kid. He's a small kid. He's, you know, he's obviously not done developing anyways, but it's the child is just standing in front of him and not even making big motions. And the principal just like out of nowhere, it seems like just shoves the living heck out of this kid. He flies backward, falls down. And it's like two other adults are standing there. And I I guess maybe I'm hoping they were in shock and that's why. Why they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, But we have the the clip here that was um, shared on social media. So we can go ahead and play that. Um, From a cafeteria camera makes it clear. Walters Elementary School principal Brian Volhart shoved a student with special needs in June. The boy's guardian, Anne Frank, says Volhart called her and said the 10-year-old assaulted him and she should come pick up the boy. Almost immediately, the boy told Miss Frank it was the principal who was violent and knocked him to the ground. It took three months before Fresno Unified shared this video with Miss Frank and she saw exactly what happened. You cannot put force to these kids like that. My son is artistic. And any parent seeing this video, they know what I'm feeling right now. My son was pushed with force by this principal who was supposed to protect him. Fresno Unified put Volhart on administrative leave within a couple days, and he resigned during the investigation. Superintendent Bob Nelson called Volhart's behavior repugnant, and he said the video could be triggering, especially for the African-American community seeing a white principal shoving a black 10-year-old boy. While there's been zero information to lead us to believe that this was a racially motivated altercation, we are not blind to the fact that racial dynamics are always present. Ms. Frank didn't blame the incident on racism, but she said Volhart frequently bullied her boy and tried to provoke him. 
The district is offering resources for students, families, and teachers who were bothered by what they saw. They also notified the California Commission on Teacher Credentialing about Volhard's behavior. And we don't believe that any K-12 district should tolerate this kind of behavior. However, we don't make that decision for other districts. The state does. Golden Plains Unified made the decision to hire Volhart as a Tranquility High School vice principal shortly after he left Fresno Unified. CTC's website shows Volhart has an active certificate and no adverse reports. He even has a specialized certification for handling students with autism. He don't deserve to work in anybody else's school if he's working in one. He don't need to handle nobody else's kids. Who's to say how many other kids that he have done this to? Bullhart hung up when I called him and identified myself as an ABC 30 reporter, but he has talked to police about the incident. An arrest warrant affidavit shows he said the boy was yelling and getting in his face. Bullhart said the boy made fists and pressed them against the principal, which caused him to shove the victim. The case lingered for months at the Fresno Police Department until the victim's guardian complained two weeks ago about the lack of charges. Chief Paco Balderrama says he's upset he didn't see the video until a couple days ago, and he's implementing changes so even misdemeanor violence gets reviewed by a supervisor. Golden Plains Unified Administrators told me late today they found out about the incident yesterday. They saw the video today with everyone else. They placed Volhart on administrative leave today. He's also scheduled in court for arraignment later this month. Good. From the yeah. newsroom, Corin Hoggart, ABC 30. News. Yeah, so that was in Fresno, California. Right. And then I think that other school district must have been like a suburb, yeah, like right around like there. Yeah, around that area. It, I, there's so many things that come up from watching that. You know, the first is, I can't imagine what uh, Miss Frank, his uh, little boy's mother or guardian, was feeling. You know, and I just think anytime that a school calls you and tells you that your child did something, that's when you gotta go into advocate mode. Okay, you gotta start asking, I need to see the video, I need to see whatever transcripts you have, um, you know, did you interview my child without my permission? You know, that's, it, you just, I hate to say it, and I hate to be litigious like that, but you just don't know. You know, the fact that the principal told her that her child shoved him, yeah, and then she didn't even get to see the video for three months. Yeah. Like, you need to do and, a FOIA right then and there. And even after he shoved, even if it was true that the child shoved him, after he shoved the kid back and the kid went flying, he then immediately put his finger out and yes. started walking towards the kid again. So it's like, that wasn't a self-defense, like, oh my gosh, right. get away from me right. type of thing. That was that a... That was a, I'm coming to get you. Yeah. How dare you? Whatever he was feeling. Yeah. And it was a big shove. It was a huge shove. I mean, that, like we said, that was bar fight. Yes. Shove. Yeah. Yeah. And the kid looked like he was, he was not making big movements with no. his arms. I didn't see any fists. I, I, they were standing close to each other, but not in your face close. Right. Like he... He didn't have an aggressive stance, the child. And it kind of seemed like, I don't, it came out of like nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like he really was, like he had just decided this kid is on my last nerve. Yep. And apparently he wasn't um, adult enough yeah. to manage his to own emotions, emotions right. that he's expecting this child to do. Right. And he's, uh, I think it said too that he has a certification in autism yeah. uh, teaching. And this kid, I think, was on the spectrum as well. And so yeah. it's like, 
you know better. Yeah. And I know that the superintendent said that we don't think that this is related, racially motivated. And I think that's kind of misleading because, mm -hmm. of course, things aren't going to be, no one's going to say, I'm going to go and attack black kids. Yeah. No one's going to think that. But your implicit bias came, or his implicit bias came out in that incident. 100%. Because he would not do that to a white child. No, I absolutely, you know? he would not. He would not. You know, he would, and, and he would probably would know that child's story, that they have autism. He would know all these things. He hasn't built a relationship with this kid. Obviously not. You know, whatever preconceived notions he had about yeah. them, he acted on that. So when they say it's not racially motivated, yes, in a way it is. It is. You know? Well, that's always a piece of the puzzle. Yep. And that power differential, anyway. Anyway, like just, just because he's an adult and he's a student. Assistant principal to student. Right. And then white male to black young, young male. Right. I just, <laughs> I wasn't, ex I don't know why I still expect adults to be adults. But I, <laughs> when I first saw that, I was not expecting, like, that aggressive. I was thinking... I was thinking just kind of in passing kind of push, like maybe a little too hard. something happened, or he and was... And not excusing that either. Breaking but, up a fight right. or something, like, uh, like, you know, like, no sane adult would shove right. anyone like that, let alone a kid. A kid. And then you're the one that's supposed to be teaching kids how to manage themselves in quote unquote the real world and modeling right. self-regulation. Not the model that we want, we want at all. And conflict resolution. And yeah, the two adults that were standing there, I'm hoping that it was they were in shock. Right. And there were two. It looked like two school staff, mm -hmm. um, kind of surrounding uh, the incident, and obviously on the camera we could see them. Yeah. But they didn't do anything. They didn't intervene. And so, yeah. you know, it, I'm like you, I'm hoping that they were in shock. I hope so. Because if not, they, and to do it, especially the AP, well, and you know, too, just being an educator, you are aware of cameras because they come in handy for things like student fights. And, right. And, you know, you're aware of what can be picked up on and for the him to be so bold as to do this in what looked like the cafeteria yeah. where there's tons of cameras you know that that's a common right. space right. and there's video and then to then have the gall to call miss frank and say well your son pushed me and but you know and then she said that he had been bullying her targeting her son yes I think she even used the word bullying. I think so. If not, that's probably what it was. What it was. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. But it's like, well, how many other instances did he call this parent or caregiver and say, oh, your son did this to this? And she trying to be, you know, the parent, as yeah. we do, okay, well, that's not appropriate behavior yep. at school. Like, we've got, you know, there are consequences for yep. our actions. I just... It's like you just question everything. Yeah. And she's probably wondering, well, how many times has my kid been physically abused and punished for things that the adults in the building did to him? Did to him. And that that just makes me cringe because it's, I mean, it's one thing. And, I mean, yeah. It's one thing to have the words like we talked about with teacher bullies. And that's yeah. horrible in itself. But to physically know that your child was being manhandled during the day when we trust these adults to be with our kids and to do the right thing. Yeah. 
and keep them safe. Yeah. And it just, we're just, it seems like we're just proven over and over again that schools aren't safe for anyone. Yeah. They don't seem to be safe for the teachers. Right. They don't seem to be safe for the kids. Like, I just, something's got. Somebody, something's got to give. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And then for the school district to release him, but not but put, not put, report it. Yeah. So that he can go to another district, and that was called the Tranquility High School. Yeah, I was like, "There's nothing <laughs> tranquil, tranquil about him. him. Why would they want him there at all?" And if I was them, I would be upset that you've potentially let this monster yeah. in our hallways. And you didn't tell, and you didn't do. I mean, if they would have reported it, then at least As someone could do an have. investigation of it, and it's up there for everyone to see whether it, yes. it, whether he loses his. Um, teaching certificate or not, you know. Yes. But and I wonder about that too, and I don't know the answer to this. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Can a parent report a teacher or a staff to the state? Oh, I don't know. I never you thought know? about that. Because if the school district is not going to do anything, yeah. You know, and I mean, I know they're quick to do things mm-hmm. when, but even even some of those get swept under the rug. Uh, I'm thinking just like inappropriate relationships between teachers and students. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a, a lot in the DFW Metroplex over the last 10 years that we've seen. Yeah. Um, but you just wonder, you know, is there a way for parents to kind of advocate for that? And I'm not saying that I want like this mob of parents or for teachers to not. have to worry about giving a low grade on a test, you know, or whatever, or giving a detention. We don't want that. But it just seems like there's really not any checks and balances at all. Yeah. As a parent, know? like how yeah. do you navigate that and then still have to you know then it's like did this child I'm guessing he had to go back to school there and I just and and then you know just being on the spectrum is just another level of vulnerability right and there you know people with disabilities are more subject to being abused and taken advantage of and treated not nicely and the one place I was actually talking with a special education teacher during one of my um, teacher support groups and you know her thing was that she feels like a lot of the kids that she worked with some of their best days were going to be in high school because you know the adult care system in the U.S. is also just not like it's very difficult to find oh yeah a safe reputable company yeah. that can support your child and you know and then if your child has some um, you know behavioral issues and impulse control issues that's like a whole other level and you know mm-hmm. and she's like so you know it's like I when I work with teachers and they get frustrated I, I let them know you know most of our kids will go on and have you know these robust full lives right but some of my special ed students like this may be the best years. the best yeah and just because of their vulnerability yeah. and how society treats them and it's so true and so it's like this kid who's supposed to be able to feel safe right with his teachers and his school and then that school didn't even back him up and report the ap i know like what the hell is up with that how do you let him go get another job. And you know they knew that he got another they job somewhere. That, yeah, they're probably like, oh, good, he's okay. He won't. Yeah, yeah. because schools, I don't care how big of a school system it is. We both know 
school communities are very small. They are. And they're a close circle. News travels fast. Yes, it does. And there's, for every person at your school that doesn't know someone at an outside district, there's three more that do. And for them to just allow him to be able to go and get another position, it's like how, to me, that's almost like, well, you didn't say anything, so you're complicit yeah. and quiet. And quiet is just as bad. I, I almost say worse because I mean, you know, you know, like it's not like okay, yeah. but I, I could see the two people standing there. Maybe they were shocked, yeah. and they didn't know. Um, but y'all have the proof in front of you. you yeah, know, and you could they could have helped this this well help the teacher because maybe or the principal. I mean. Maybe he really shouldn't be in education. Yeah. I mean, let's put it that way. Yeah. And then help the kid, too, to feel like, okay, you know what? This was a bad, horrible situation, but at least someone was being accountable for their actions. The school district, you know, saw it as a a big deal. Just to feel, like you said, that a little bit of reassurance. Yeah. um, in In an unsafe time. Yeah. And I think that would have gone a long way for the mom to be able to feel like, her kid was safe or at least that the person that wasn't safe is now not an issue right. and you know we're going to work together uh, yeah it's just very education is so tough and convoluted and complicated mm-hmm. and now we talked about on the episode about how now some people in certain states aren't even going to need to have college degrees and so it's like now it's like oh well there's a big teacher shortage oh, yeah. so instead yeah. of tightening up our ship yep. we're going to make it even looser and so if this guy can slip in and get a principal certification and an autism certification, certification. like who Anybody. else is going to right and that's the thing too is that you know and not to knock anybody who, you know, leaves a career to become a teacher or a teacher who leaves teaching Absolutely. to go into a different career. But we aren't doing enough to support those teachers with their mental health, with their social emotional learning, with their cultural competence and implicit bias training. Yes. Like, those have to be meaningful pieces of professional learning, onboarding, yes. a screening when we're interviewing candidates. I mean, there's certain questions that we should be asking to gauge that. And yes. I just think that a lot of times it is kind of like, well, I knew somebody and they're looking for a job or they just were, they were a dental hygienist, but now they want to come do this or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, and then same for the teachers who are in it, you know, they're thinking about going February, whatever time of year it is, when yeah. it gets really hard, October even. Yeah. Um, they start this looking, year is September. You know, how, how hard is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do to become a real estate agent? What can I do to, mm-hmm. you know, do this or whatever? And so we just have to recognize that our, our staff is not okay. And if they're not okay, then they can't help. I mean, they're going to do that or worse. I don't know how much worse you can get than that. But, oh, God. But, Yeah. And then we have people advocating for teachers to carry guns. guns. And I'm like, dude, this kid would have been dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I just I just don't get it. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. I think that the people, well, I, don't, I, I guess I shouldn't generalize, but I have a couple of family members who live in Texas, and their school district has um, people on their campus that can carry. Oh, concealed wow. Concealed carry. Okay. 
And, you know, I think it's privilege to think that that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I think my response was, if you knew what what happened in some of these schools, you probably wouldn't be okay with that. Because, you know, and we see it on the news, we see it on social media that there are kids who are violent and there are adults that are violent. Yeah. And so then you throw in a gun. A gun as well. And, you know, when they haven't had the extensive training, I mean, police officers still shoot people. Still shoot people. And they know and how to de escalate. And they've had extensive training, right. supposedly, I guess. Right. And it's like, I, yeah. Yeah. I, it just seems like it's too too big of a risk. It is. It's way too big of a risk, and I just can't imagine. I where I mean, I don't have to tell where in Texas yeah. this is, but I'm guessing rural. Areas. It is, but okay. not too far out. Maybe a couple of hours outside of the metroplex. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Not too far out. Yeah. Um. And you know, my cousins are highly educated. They yeah. both have graduate degrees and beyond. But again, I think it's that privilege. Like when you know we grew up in rural Kansas. Mm-hmm schools were safe for us. I don't think they were safe for everybody. Right. But again, we had that white privilege. Right. You and don't have to think about it. We had parents who were, you know, involved in the school and, you know, those yeah. kids were treated a lot differently. And so I just think that their view of school is a lot different than even what, you know, when I first started teaching, my view of school was very different. Yeah. You yeah. know, based on my own experiences, which we talked about before, yeah. were very good. We both had, like, great Love teachers. And, you know, it's interesting because I was working with some teachers the other day, and we were talking about what kind of kid they were when they were in school. Like, were you in the principal's office? Were you getting in trouble? And then on the other side of the room, we had, you know, were you straight A's? Or good grades, not yeah. straight A's, but not, you know, didn't have the detentions, didn't go to the principal's yeah. office. And so majority of them were on that side, right? And then we had some over here and we talked about like how both of those situations impacted our career choice, becoming educators or working in the education field. But the other thing that was interesting too is, you know, one person in the in the good group, um, she said, you know, I was just too fearful and too afraid to make mistakes. Mm. And I was really just kind of, I did everything because I was afraid to mess up. And so just even thinking about that as well, that we have kids like that too. Yeah. And, you I know. I mean, I was probably that way. I was probably that I was a lot that way. When she said that, I was like, oh, that definitely me. Yeah. You know, I was definitely afraid to, um, and it wasn't necessarily that my parents had these high expectations for myself. I mean, they did have high expectations, but I put a lot of the pressure on myself. Yeah. That this is how it should look. This is what society was telling me. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of envious of the people who could do could, their own thing. Right. I know I was too. You know, I was like, oh, I wish I could be like that. Or and just... I was friends with a lot of them. Yep. But I would always like skate out before something big happened. Yep. <laughs> you know, but I did kind of envy that freedom, I guess, because mm-hmm. I never felt that. That I could do, that I could fail, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it, well, and it, I think, too, it, you know, when we were growing up, it was our parents were like, you're a direct reflection of me, so you better act right, you know. And yeah. it was like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. oh, you're, I don't right. want. I don't want to 
yeah. anybody to think that you're the not shaming on our family name. Yeah, yeah. You know, which <laughs> my dad in his heyday did plenty of that. Right, on you're his like own. <laughs> a whole other podcast. Yeah, for that. <laughs> but you know, but I and I think that's why now with my kids, like I'm. You know, I want you to be happy, healthy, and respecting of yes. yourself. Yeah. I don't care who's in your bed at night. I don't care what your career choice is. Yep. If you're happy, if you're healthy, healthy. if you're respecting yourself yep. and the loved ones in your life, that's that's all I that's want. That's all that really matters. Yeah. And I think we've gotten so far away from that. And, you know, and so I just think when we have these teachers who are so rigid and mm-hmm. and their idea of what a student should be like and they're never no, no one's ever trying to get to the root of what the behavior is you yeah. know I think sometimes I know when I was a first year teacher I was like well, why are they acting like this I would never do this in school I would never dream of yeah. talking to my teacher this way and then it was kind of just over the years I kind of realized like there's just a lot more to the story and there's a lot more with our kids and I just think parent principals especially as the leaders of the school yeah saying that we need to take the time to really get to know our kids. Like this kid should have been on the principal's radar, not to bully, not to target, but to build a relationship with. 100%. To find out what he needed to be successful. Finding out, you know, maybe even doing a home visit with Miss Frank, because it sounds like he may have been She's, a foster care situation. Yeah, and yeah. she seemed more than willing yeah. to do what it took to make sure make that sure her he kid was, was successful yeah. at school. Yeah. And we have this idea, too, of what involved parents are like. Yeah, we sure do. We have this idea that if you're not on the PTA, if you're not, you know, volunteering in the classroom or you're not coming to parent-teacher conferences, that you don't care about your kids. Yeah. And that's that's not the case. No. Just sometimes we may not have the skill or the time if we're working multiple jobs, the language. Transportation. Transportation, you know. And even as, I mean, we both work. It's still hard for me it's to hard. be involved, and I'm PTA president at one of my kids' schools, yeah. you know, and it's like... And we have dual, you know, we're both married. married There's yep. two adults in our household yep. that can help pull the weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, I think, too, just being a, just from my perspective, being a woman now, our reality yeah. in 2022... Yeah. Just that is exhausting. It is. I mean, I just kind of feel like we're always like... Being pulled in different directions. Everybody wants a piece, yep. yet nobody wants to respect right. or pay or... Oh my goodness, don't even get me started on that. You know, I know. You know? And that's like just like, oh yeah, women make 80% le- or, you or know, 80% on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like okay with everyone yeah. except for us. And having to stand up for yourself in that area is so hard. Yes, it and is. And risky. And risky. Um, but I think if that's one thing I would teach my daughter, and, and even my son too, because it could happen to him as well, is that it's worth it to know your worth and know your value. 100%. You know, even when other people either don't... Try to tell you that it's not. Right. Which also happens to teachers. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And I think, too, it's worth mentioning, you know, and not to, you know, male coaches and female coaches are also treated and viewed very differently, very differently. and paid very differently. Yep. 
We have lots of high school coaches who make over six figures yep. in Texas. And we have lots of female coaches that even have advanced degrees. And they're and they're on the regular teacher scale. Yep. Or they get maybe a three thousand dollar stipend. Yeah, $3, yeah. $3, stipend. And yeah. I do re- And they're recognize- driving buses and doing all the things that the high school coaches are yeah. doing. And yeah. I do recognize that they work a lot extra. Yeah. You know, they have those early morning practices. Yep. But so does marching band. Yeah. And Thank you. I mean it's like it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And we have coaches that don't have as much experience that don't have as high of education, but because they're good at football, yeah, and you know, and it's just and think about that too. I, I mean, I think about like how easy it is to get a job at a school when you're a former athlete, male former athlete. Oh, you know, it's like okay, red we'll carpet. Work with you on the yeah. teaching certificate or whatever, yeah. you can still. But you can do like the study hall yeah. class. Yes, and. You know, that's just, I just think that's so interesting how overlooked that is. Like, we'll just turn the other way and let you come through. Yeah. Or I was shocked when I found out that a lot of, um, like, social studies and history classes, Mm -hmm. they're like, I had a colleague tell me, because her son um, wanted to be a teacher, he got an advanced degree, and he wanted to be a history teacher. And she's like, but, you know, he doesn't coach, so those jobs are hard to come by. And I'm like... You know that is so the, the messed lot of times up. They are tied to a coaching position. Yes, because they're not a quote unquote core, core whatever right. standardized testing. Right. The test is maybe every a couple of years for certain grades yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And that was one thing I found too when I did my dissertation, is I you know examined the teaching practices and curriculum decision making of black male elementary teachers. That's what I looked at. And so some of the things that came up is a lot of them said that they kept being asked, well, don't you want to be a coach? Why are you doing elementary? Don't you want to be a coach? Or maybe you should add on a coaching certificate or PE. Oh, yeah, a lot of them were saying you should do a PE certification so then it'll be easier for you to coach. And they're like, no, I I just want to teach my my kids you know and so yeah what if they don't want to coach right don't want to coach not every black male right is into sports in the sports yeah and so that was just interesting because they were all of them said that that happened to them of all and I didn't have any people who were PE teachers or coaches that I interviewed I had one former coach he said he actually left the upper grades because he's like I really wanted to focus on elementary and teaching you know he's like I just really wanted to teach yeah and so I just thought that was really interesting. And it's just... It's not surprising at all either. Yeah. Because yeah. they are very highly regarded and assumed. Yeah. I think especially if you're a African-American male or African male. Yeah. In especially secondary settings. And elementary, I'm trying to think, they... I don't know if I have any firsthand knowledge of a black any male... teacher? That isn't a PE coach. Oh, wow. Like, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I'm sure there has to be. Yeah. But I haven't thought of who they were. Yeah. And maybe yeah. I'm just not remembering correctly. But, but there's, I mean, that's. It is I kind of. I have a huge sample size from my study either. Yeah. It is you know? just kind of assumed. Yeah. That, and a lot of them were assumed to be disciplinarians. You know, they were like, can we, can we use you to come in and deal with some of our trouble kids or whatever? And it was like. Yeah, you know, that assumption that that's what they are going to be, you know, not necessarily about building relationships or creating a culture of care and, and community. And educating. And educating. 
But it's to drop the hammer. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah. That is very interesting. I have been very, we have a, um, in our district, there is a um, athletic coach that is a, I would say that he is an athlete. I don't know if you ever, when you get to a certain level, do you ever you stop, stop being, being an athlete? athlete? No, it's like, I don't know. Like, it's like riding a bicycle. You yeah. Just get back um, but his, I have been so impressed with just the way that he nurtures the whole student you know, yeah. and his thing is, I don't just want you to be successful when you're playing. I want you to be successful when you're not playing. Yeah. Because Thank you. you're going to be not playing a whole lot more yep, than you're, you're playing. playing. And, you know, yeah. Things. And that's, yeah, that's the huge thing as well with athletics, too. And I'm getting a taste of it as a coach myself. Yeah. For my, not in a school district, but for my daughter's um, recreation team for basketball, is how much of your attitude has to be right and how much you're learning in, on the you know and now I see why people you know really want to become coaches too in a school district or teach PE because you do learn a lot of fundamental mm-hmm. life skills yeah but a lot of times too we just need to make sure that our those skills are being transferable into the school day into yeah you know just life in general I guess so yeah yeah I just think it's you know we're supposed to be advanced and you know, this highly intelligent society. And it's like, it's 2022. Women still aren't respected. Brown or black women certainly aren't ex- aren't respected. Right. Black or brown males Definitely are seen as, as threatening. As threatening. Yeah. And, you know, young, young black and brown males have until, what, second oh or third gosh. grade until yeah. they're viewed as a threat yeah. versus a oh, child. My son has already experienced that at 11 years. Uh, yeah, 11 years and old. And he is like the cutest, sweetest looking kid he ever. He is. But and so polite. And it's interesting to me too because my son is so much smaller than most of his classmates. He's, yeah. you know, like kind of one of the shortest one. He's the youngest usually in his class. Yeah. And he's been treated unfairly more in the last few years, um, targeted, bullied, um, than I, I just have ever even thought would be happening, you know. Because he's black. Yeah. He's too black. Yeah. And he's just started middle school. It's not like he's been in middle school and high school for years. He's in sixth grade. Yeah. And he's you know? a very kind and sweet. He is. He's very loving. He's very sweet. He, and he's also low-key. Like, he doesn't, he's like, just real chill. suck so, the air out of the room. No. It's not like he would, like all of a sudden be like the only, you know, because you do run across some kids where it's like, okay, I can see where this would be. Be annoying. A really right. big handful right. in a classroom. They yep. just kind of, you know. No, he is the one that, and you know what, a lot of it may be too is that he's one that everybody wants to hang out with. You know, everybody thinks he's cool. He's yeah, they not do. like I was in sixth grade. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. You know, he's just real chill, but he's kind to everybody. You know, yeah. everybody knows he's a friend to them. Um, and sometimes I think people take advantage of that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I think so. so. That is interesting. And I think, too, we were talking um, about, well, we both watched that documentary, Push Out. Yes. And the book and how black... I don't think they, it wasn't on Hispanic. No, it was, I think it was just black. Just yeah. black. Mm-hmm. So black females, like once they hit like fourth, fifth, sixth-ish yeah. age, um, they're then viewed as adults. And so those typical age-appropriate behaviors like, oh, wow, a sixth grader talking back, 
is is viewed as aggression aggression and, and oh this adult that can't manage their right and it's like they're a child they're 12 yeah they're just, what 12 year old is not sassy yes right make bad decisions right. at times and this is a time if we're going to really talk about sel this is a time where they should be making mistakes yes and doing this so they can learn not so they can be punished harshly and yes know, yeah and they're just view and they're objectified sexually yes. which is also true and i've seen it and it's just i guess i just thought that we would be a little bit farther Past along that. yeah yeah and why aren't we? I know. Like, what's the big and deal? And you're right. That it's is... like the black Ariel. People are oh losing. Oh, my gosh. They are losing their ever-loving minds over her. Over this gorgeous young yes. girl who is talented yes. and checks all the boxes. But God forbid. She can sing just like Ariel could. God forbid she be a different color yes. than the cartoon character. The cartoon character. Like, we're not even talking about, but nobody cares right. if there is a black cartoon character that is then played Plays by a white, white person, person. Right. or nobody an autistic ever, fictional yes. character that's then played by a, a neurotypical, neurotypical right. who's acting autistic. Right, which is so kind of offensive yes. when you think about it that way. Or like, even overweight. Right, yes. You know, like putting oh, on a fat we'll put on suit. a fat suit on Gwyneth Paltrow right. and it'll oh be gosh. funny. Yeah. But yeah, they're losing their minds over this amazingly gorgeous beautiful talented yep young lady playing ariel playing a made-up character yeah and doing it well if you want to get to the real story of little mermaid go read the whatever the brothers grammar yes and it is very dark yes like as far as like the ending and everything yes. and i'm just like so do we want to have these better disney I know. Or you want to just go straight? We're going to go straight to how it was. Yeah. Like, come on. You can have, um, who is it, Tiana and the Princess and the Frog. Yeah. And Mona. or Oh, um, uh, the, Moana. Yeah. Yes. Moana, and that's it. That's all you can have. Because originally they were supposed to be white. So God forbid. There we go. <laughs> we change. We change. And literally it's God forbid. Yeah. Which I also don't understand. I don't get that either. Because I think, too, we were um, – we talked briefly, there was a case in Kansas where a teacher sued um, and won because a kid wanted her to use, use the pronouns that they identified with. Yeah. yeah. And she was like so offended that this would even happen and like won like $80,000 yeah. or some crazy she was amount. She fined at first. I think she either something she got sued, I think, first and was fined like $100,000. Yeah. And then she turned around and sued and won $80,000. <laughs> that was kind of crazy that you won $80,000 for not respecting, not respecting a kid. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't, I, and I have three teenagers, and I tell my kids, I don't understand all of it. Right. Same. It, but I don't understand either. I don't need to to be respectful. Right. If that's what you put down. It's just like if when I was a kid, you know, I put down, I want to go by AJ because that's what all my friends yeah. tell me. So. In my class, I would call kids the name that they put down. Sometimes I had kids that put down names that I'm pretty sure weren't any part of their legal name. Yeah. And as long as their parents were okay with it, too. You know, it sounds like this family was supporting their child and using those pronouns. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it kind of gets tricky when you have a child who requests it, but the parents, parents don't, know. don't know. That's where I kind of like, okay, what do you... That is tricky. That's a little bit tricky. But here it sounds like the parents were okay with it yeah. as well. 
So I just don't yeah. get that. And that almost seems to be kind of like this principle targeting yes. this child because you're going out of your way. Yes. You know, to make, to, them, to make uncomfortable. them uncomfortable. A child. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't understand. I think it might have been Stacy from Stacy's Sensory Solutions. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong, but we were talking about, you know, just the pronoun and how basically, like, we don't understand all of it, but. You know, our teenage kids certainly do, and it's important to them. And she said, you know, people look at it as a religious thing. She's like, but I know just from talking to my kids, like, religion doesn't even enter the equation. Right. Like, to them, it's just how people are. How people are. It's not a respecting or disrespecting your God type of thing. No. And I'm like, yeah. I don't like anybody is trying to disrespect their... Yeah. I, religion or their practices or whatever. It's, yeah. Yeah. I don't people know. are crazy. They, they I really think that's are. just what people, we know. People are crazy. They, people are crazy. That's our title. God is good. People are crazy. People are Beer crazy. is great. There's that song. That... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I certainly hope that, I really hope that Miss Frank sues the pants. Oh, my gosh. And... Yeah. doesn't have to worry about the care and treatment of her son yeah. ever again because they can live off of their earnings. Because they the, certainly earned yeah. it. Yeah, they definitely did. And unfortunately, it happened that way. But And how do you, like, rectify that with your kid? Like, oh, yeah, but you have to go back. I know. I That's just, when I'd be like, well, homeschool. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it like that because I'm a big public education advocate, but... I am if too. your child's not safe there, and I know he, the teacher is, or the principal is gone and in, in a different district, but everybody else that, is still there. Still there. All the people who stood by and did nothing. The people who didn't release the video to the principal. Yeah, the actual principal. I don't know. That just doesn't feel safe. No, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't at all. Yeah. Anyways. Well, thank you for joining us for yes. another episode unfortunately we have so many topics i feel like now because of all these things happening i know yes but we, we do, do think that continuing this conversation and, and having these conversations is so important to making change um and so i know michelle and i in our, in our own worlds are trying to do that um i'm going to do a plug for the sel for texas conference which is next yes. week um so if you haven't registered you will not want to miss this um great event this is our second annual one it is virtual so even if you're not in the state of texas and you're listening and you want to um, join just go to the sel for texas website and sign up and then i'm also going to do a plug to michelle because my i was just telling her earlier my kids come to her <laughs> kids possible groups every monday um, and my son has not been able to come because of basketball and we we're just talking about how much they miss it and just a lot of their growth um, we've seen their growth just in their relationships with other people how they're able to interact on the basketball court because they're both basketball players Um, and then even in school um, and I just think to talking to my kids about it they're using the language that they've learned (laughs) here the other day my husband got so upset about fantasy football (laughs) a little thorn in my side right now this fantasy football and my daughter goes Mommy, I don't think that Dad quite understands the difference between a big problem and a small problem. 
And so just right there, I was like, I know that they've been talking about these things yeah. and how to regulate your emotions. And so, Michelle, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about Kids Possible, but I just thought I'd do a little plug for that, too. Well, I think that's about as good as <laughs> I could ever do. It is a lot of fun. And it is so neat to watch. You know, like I was telling you a couple weeks ago, I feel like your son has kind of developed this, like, quiet confidence yes. and swagger. Like, he just seems like he's sure of himself he knows that you know he can handle himself and he feels good about himself and that's that's all i want for these kids because they spend a lot of time in buildings with adults and their bodies or their brains just don't give them that opportunity and just having a spot where like they can be seen for who they are and recognized for their talents and their strengths it's just a lot of fun. I I have a lot of fun doing yeah, that. And I think I get more out of it than the kids yeah. because it really does fill my bucket. Yeah. I can see why. I, I mean, get really energized from it. And it's just nice to see, to be able to be in an environment. You know, I'm not in a classroom. I, we don't have to rush through curriculum. Right. I can really take my time and, and, you know, and it's also really cool to see during our free time, our game time, like how they navigate things. Like yes. this last week, yeah. they were like, you know, they voted, and I thought it was super sweet because they there's so because your oldest hasn't been because he's been in basketball. basketball your yeah. daughter's there, so there's she's outnumbered by boys, and <laughs> I thought it was really sweet that one of the boys recognized that maybe she her voice wasn't being heard. Oh my gosh! Because so another one was kind of talking over right and so he made sure to like hey she's trying to make a point here let's let her finish and I was like that's just and both of these boys talk a lot right and so growth in them just for him to to recognize that somebody else wasn't being able to have a voice it was like ah and you know the look on her face was just like pure joy like Oh my gosh, yeah. like, you know, this person saw me right. and cared. To be seen and to be heard. Come on. That's, that's and awful. wanted to hear what I had to say. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah, I do too. I, like I said, I get a lot out of it. So we're at kidspossible.com if you want more information. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks again. This is Ashley. And this is Michelle. And we're signing off. Have a good one. This has been a Two Profesh production. Have a ridiculous, funny, or horrifying story to share? We want to hear it. Email us your side of the story at thelaterpodcast at gmail.com. That's L-A-T-E-R podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Until next time, stay safe and stay profesh.